Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. George, it sounds like it's medication time. Medication time. Medication time. <laughs> it is medication time. I just want my cigarettes. You know what's funny? I, I sound like I just smoked a pack of Benson and Hedges. <laughs> I had a cold recently, guys. So Sounds I like apologize. you might still have a cold, bro. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, it's I know little, we said it's just that, a little Delta variant. No big yeah, deal. I know we said this movie was option D, but that didn't mean you had to get out there and get yourself yeah. the Delta variant. The Delta. Yeah. Well, can you taste anything? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Right. Thank you. No, actually, Delta's not doing the smell taste thing. Oh. Oh yeah. God. Just Learning new things every you day. Thought here you at figured the it out. It's over. <laughs> Damn. I'm just gonna stay in my house. No, for the I next had five a, years. I had what I would describe as a common cold. Mm. Really? You sure it wasn't like? It was an uncommon. Oh, it was common uncommon cold. <laughs> it's uncommon for me to get uncommon a common cold. cold. Right. Anyway, get your so I apologize for my my voice. You've got a high standard for colds. You try not to deal the common ones. You only like the rare ones. Mm. It's true. Yeah. It's he true. Likes the variants. It's good to have standards. <laughs> When I go, I go hard. I go big. <laughs> we watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, a classic American film. George, initial impressions. Uh, are you happy we made you watch this movie? It was a it was a fine movie. A fine movie. It was fine, and not in, not like you know. It's like oh well, this is fine. It's like no, this is this is you know like the fine wine. It's a fine movie. It did win five Oscars. It's great. No, I'm saying, like, you know, a fine wine is is better than a great wine. Absolutely. Fine wine. This is a fine movie. I smell what you're cooking. Yeah. Is this your new favorite Paul Verhoeven movie? (laughs) Wait. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, uh, what? (laughs) What? What? Curveball. This is a... I'm kidding. It's not a Paul Verhoeven movie. (laughs) No, obviously. obviously. I mean, I don't know. Guy's got range. Yeah. I I just wanted to get your your take before I go and talk about it. My take? Yeah. Because of crap what I think. Well, it's because it's about you. I've been wanting to watch this movie since like season one, so... Yeah. Did you get the crazy Jack Nicholson that you were hoping for, George? You know, he wasn't as crazy as I thought he'd be. Hmm. But... He was more unpredictable than I thought he'd be. Lots of surprises. It's good to see, like, because we watched The Shining so recently, to see Crazy Jack play off of one or two characters. And then to see Crazy Jack play off of 18 crazy people. Yeah. Like, there's not a bad actor in his movie. And a lot of them are faces that you'll see a lot later in a lot of movies but they were kind of unknowns and faces that then. we've seen before yes freaking doc was in the movie yes yes doc he Brown. was from episode one <laughs> with the same crazy eyes i'm, I'm surprised like, you like remember that far back honestly oh dude he's so recognizable mm. yeah my son even said isn't that doc brown I'm thinking, like, did they did he like crash the DeLorean and they started talking about time travel, <laughs> and they were like, "They we got to get this guy to the mental institution." Maybe, maybe this was the first version of Twelve Monkeys where <laughs> Doc Brown went back and influenced the movie that actually had to happen. 
Maybe. And he had to go back in time to influence it. Maybe. <laughs> Dan's like barfing in his mouth right yeah, now. Yeah, anytime you mention 12 monkeys, I <laughs> unplug my headphones and walk away. <laughs> oh, come on. You can tell that... that uh, come on, man. Brad Pitt had, a, had to sit down and watch this movie just to get some kind of influence. Yeah, he sat down and watched it once and thought, and you know what, I'm just going to do, do it better. on the night. Cause do it on the night. I don't need to actually like practice or... Uh, here's the uh, thing man and I'll, I was thinking about today watching this movie again watching Cuckoo's Nest the crazy people in this movie are played by actors who aren't as crazy as they act right mm. none of them have like a delight in their crazy right. they play either like just you know disconnected from reality or they play like you know they they demonstrate crazy behavior and they show like either regret or like concern like a lack of control mm-hmm. none of them like bounce around and like frolic and they're crazy right? right i feel like brad pitt's performance he had like some of the mannerisms he'd seen people demonstrate but then he just like frolicked in them like it was a good mm-hmm. time ooh look at me i'm so crazy <laughs> and ugh, 12 monkeys ugh but this, this nails. This is it. awesome. Yeah, I liked when the when the actors playing the crazy people would display emotions, but they were inappropriate for the situation. They were inappropriate, but the but the character was also searching for appropriate. Like mm. reading the room, it was like the crazy person was like making a human emotional reaction. Reading the room and saying, "Is this right? Is this the right, right. reaction?" Because they don't, they just don't know. Like Danny DeVito, he had that constant grimace on his face. Like, yeah, but he yeah. he doesn't know. He's like, like if a that's child, appropriate or what? Yeah, it's, it's kind of so like good. like you're you have like a ten year old son who has this joke in his head and he wants to say it, but he doesn't know where it fits. <laughs> so he just yeah. keeps making this face like now, and you're like, no, that's, not right now. That's not the punchline. <laughs> that's not no. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, that's just the wait. funny part. yeah the whole time i'm watching him i'm thinking of that now george do you know danny devito are you familiar with his work i mean danny devito that's like he's the dude from it's always sunny right he's the dude playing the dude (laughs) (laughs) disguise is another dude He's in some movies. <laughs> he's been yeah, in a I mean, movie I know, or two I over the years. And yes, yeah, he I know. is on Always Sunny. I'm yes, pretty sure he's I... the one who pooped the bed, if I remember right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I know he's a big actor. I know that like yeah. It's Always Sunny isn't the first thing that he did. That's what I know him from. I've seen him most from that. But to, yeah, I know Danny. To too. see Nicholson be at his prime doing this movie and know that probably three or four of those guys are... 15 years away from their best work it's kind of cool to watch like brad Dourif. oh brad Dourif, my favorite oh yeah so good um so hold on let's let's just yeah let's not do that let's put a pin in it george brad Dourif played billy yeah what an actor right what what else did he play that we watched recently I don't think you've seen him. I just keep bringing him up because I love him. Okay. We bring him up a few times, yeah. Yeah, because you, you've said that he has, like, range, right? Holy yeah. mackerel. 
Yeah, and he so is I need, range. I need to see him again <laughs> in something else where he's not this. But yeah, Bill, uh, Billy, yeah. But I mean, he just shows the range in this movie, like that childlike innocence, and then like his reveling in doing something bad. Like it was just so kid-like. Yeah, and that's what makes this. I mean, this when you kept talking about tra- tragedies, I'm like this is the movie I want him to watch because this movie is... It's so good. From beginning to end is a tragedy from the moment he Nicholson walks in there to the end. It's just... It's tragic all the way around. Yeah. I mean, it's not all tragic. No, it's heartfelt Like to watch him interact with them. and Like I was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about how he was more qualified to be their doctor than, the, than Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> yeah. like he, was, he knew how to... You know, we all kind of play sports and stuff, and we have those coaches that know how to get us to do stuff or know how to go down to the level of the kids and get them really involved instead of like just barking stuff at them and making them do stuff. They almost. Yeah, but then again, it's also like sometimes appropriate to be like, chill out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, and like, he would know how to, you know, how to get He was like the big brother to... and then the father when he had to be. Yeah. Like yeah. when, when what's his face was going nuts about his cigarettes. Yeah. Cheswick. Right. And he says, you know, he says, don't you agree? And, and he says, yes, I agree, but you got to sit down like, right. or you got to chill out. Yeah. You know, it's like, yes, I agree. Chill out. <laughs> well, he doesn't want them to lose all their privileges or, or, you know, he knows she's insane. Right. But that's what he needed to yeah. hear at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, obviously, Nurse Ratchet was a slimy human being. <sighs> like... From the get go, she goes. She goes from like. She's just manipulating. It's the she's manipulating yeah. mentally ill people. Yeah. Like how much slimier can you be? And she does it with that nice voice. And she and does she's it so condescending, dude. Ugh. She does it to a to the point where Billy kills himself yeah. over it. Like she manipulates him to a point where he kills himself. Spoilers. That's Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> like, holy crap. <laughs> One of the great movie villains, man, and she yeah. doesn't lift a finger. Oh my yeah, god! I, every time I see her in this movie, I think of um, you know, they always say, "Oh, well, Darth Vader, or this and that." When they talk about villains, and I'm like, when I see Ratchet, I think of when Han Solo said, "After he brought him in an Empire," and he's like, he never even asked me any questions. Like he was completely tortured, and he was never asked any questions. I'm like, Darth Vader's Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> Such a bitch. I'll tell you what, though. Like, when McMurphy had his hands around her neck, I was like, I hope he fucking kills her. Mm. Yeah. I hope he does. Because this whole movie would be worth it. Yeah, that's a weird part. I, or even, like, like, his whole his whole being there forever would be worth mm-hmm. it. Because he's going to be there forever anyway. Might as well might as well take her out, right? That's yeah, how like, I feel. You'll sit there and you'll be like, okay, it's, it's, it's McGreedy. Is it McGreedy? Not McGreedy. Oh my God, McMurphy. McMurphy. I, have, I have the thing on my head. <laughs> McGreedy, McGur- McMurphy. McMurphy was at fault, per se, because he put them in the situation. But he also made them live. So it's like... Sure. Took them out on a it's boat, like a, Yeah, it's, it's a catch-22, because he kind of made them emboldened and made them more independent, which got them in a lot of trouble. And then, obviously, it made Billy tempted him with a girl and he did all these things and then she just manipulates the situation to a point where yeah he wouldn't have thought that was going to happen but he did have that information he did know he was suicidal at some point so 
to let him go down that road. Was it was kinda, not, but it's not. Mac- it wasn't the McMurphy's guilt of fault. what he did or blah 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 blah. It was Nurse Ratchet manipulating, manipulating him, saying that she's really good friends with his mother. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna tell his mother and blah blah blah. And he has obviously he has this thing with not you know with his mother, and she knew that that was the thing. That yeah, was going like to make Bates. him feel like shit over this. That yeah. was the thing. And then she went there, and that's what happened. That's why when I don't I, blame him at all for that. When I you go and you watch Bates Motel, you'll think of this movie. Yeah. Because it's, it's that Billy has that relationship yep. that Norman has. Yep. So much of this movie that you expect to be, I mean, from the, the poster, right? Uh, from the, you know, the reputation of this film, you expect crazy Jack Nicholson. In a crazy house with a bunch of crazy people. The movie itself, though, is such, it's thematically just like a you know, power struggle, right? Uh, him thinking he's in control of his situation and pushing the boundaries, and then about halfway through the movie realizing he has no control and he better back off a little bit mm. or he's never getting out. Just power dynamic yeah. versus power dynamic, and then his kind of you know, careening toward the end. And then that little bit of humanity for Billy that just gets him right there before he's almost able to make his his escape. Mm. And then Chief. I love Chief. I love, love Chief. Chief. That's the heart of the movie right there. What can you say about Chief? What can we say about Chief? I don't know. It's, it, it's one of those parts where he's a forgettable character until he doesn't have to be. Or until, until they basically reveal him. Like he's kind of... I guess when they play basketball is when it... When he starts coming to the forefront. I'd say Chief is the guy in this movie that gets it. Mm. You know, he was, obviously he was quiet and, well, I mean. Did they ever reveal why he was in there? Um, I don't really get the conversation. He had a conversation with McMurphy about his father who was drinking and and whatever. Right. And oh, not whatever. He says one of the best. Yeah, I didn't really get it. What was where, going on? You know, if by the end his father wasn't consuming the bottle, the bottle was consuming, consuming his father. Yeah. Holy shit. Dude. Right, and then McMurphy asked him straight up, did you kill him? And he said, no, I thought. I'd have to go back and watch it. Like, I don't know what, yeah, what, I mean, what happened they, there. They don't reveal why everybody's in there, which I guess is... You know me. I want to know why. I want to know the backstories. Yeah, it's better not to have all the detail, man. It's just yeah, like know, James Gunn. Better sometimes. Yeah. I know. But I mean, with like McMurphy, his backstory makes him less of a likable character. The underage, the statutory rape. Yeah. That kind of makes it. Uh, like, yeah, the assault's like whatever, but statutory rape is like. Mm. But it's not even that. It's what he says about it. Like, you know, he says she was 15, blah, blah, blah. And then he, like, says something really inappropriate yeah, about her. Yeah, it gets her, and gross I'm just like, real fast. And I'm just like, wow. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're not holding back with that. Agreed. Very inappropriate, what he said. <laughs> Can't repeat. That'd be a double clap for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Jeez Louise. And then Scatman shows up. Holy crap. Yeah. I forgot he was in this, and I was just like, wait a minute. Before you see his face, I saw him walking somebody down the hall. I'm like, that looks like Scatman. Is we that getting... the nighttime guard? Yeah, it's the old guy from The Shining. The, yeah. old, the old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, this came second, right? No, this he did came, Shining. This he came did this 10 before years the Shining. before, or five, five years before The five Shining. Five years. Okay. 
Hmm. It's really interesting because this movie falls during that period where the mental health structure of the country is about to go away from asylums. Hmm. And I don't, you can debate whether or not things are better now for mental health in this country than they were in the 50s, say. But this is that period where public consciousness is starting to pick up on the fact that some of the asylums maybe aren't treating people in the ideal way. Right. No. But then you start to, you know, it's just, it's interesting <laughs> where it's going to fall in on social change because are things better now? That's for another show. You mean, you mean that there were some asylums that were like trying to keep people in there to make money off of them? Yeah, what do they think they are? Prisons? Jeez. Like, cause like if they didn't, cause if they didn't have like patients, then they wouldn't make money. So, it stands to reason that they would try and keep their patients there, right? I don't mm. know, man. If you can't even call them patients. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> I don't. Well, it even got to the point where they were basically implying that the system creates crazy. Like you're, you could be borderline, and then by the end of the process, you're lobotomized. That's absolutely what this says. Well, maybe. I don't know. What this movie shows, anyway. Well, this one, it's not like he ever really thought he was crazy. He was just looking Mm -hmm. for a way to control his destiny. So he goes to a mental place. He thinks he can just have his run of the place for his 68 days, and then he's out. Mm. And it's only once he brings it up with the attending that, oh, wait, now I've, I've lost total control. I thought I was exerting control, and instead I was... You know, ceasing to have control, and I'm just now realizing the consequences of my decision. And Excuse me while I, <laughs> while I uh, towel yeah. off and get yeah. out of this bottle. Yeah. Yeah. He was a victim of his own. I, I guess he wouldn't be considered a narcissist, but what, what, what would he be considered? I think he could be considered a narcissist. Okay. I mean, I'm not a well, he's mental a vic- health he's professional, a of but he had a very high opinion of himself. Mm. Uh, I observed i don't know i think he was just a like an impulsive dude i guess yeah he just yeah that seemed like that was his problem well what does he say they put me in here because i like to fight and fuck yeah <laughs> yeah I'm like oh god this guy well he gets his in the end i mean true whether it's just or not it is interesting though because you i think you're supposed to as an audience like Maybe this is just what they, maybe they didn't intend this. Maybe it just is accidental. But you get the impression, as he is kind of the main character, despite his place in the credits, you get the idea that McMurphy is supposed to be your avatar as a non-crazy person entering the crazy house, right? I feel like as much as we're using the word crazy, we're probably going to get in trouble. And I don't care because it's late and I'm tired. In the context of the movie, that's what they're called. So he, you know, <laughs> that's what he, the doctors in the movie call yeah. them. So, <laughs> as a per, as a person who is not really suited to be in this place, except that he manipulates his way in, he right. becomes our avatar as non in a mental institution people going into a place we really don't belong. <laughs> and so I think there's a, a knee jerk reaction to be like, yes, this guy is our guy. And he's likable Jack Nicholson. And then you just kind of have to make a face and ugh, the part where you find out what he did to get into mm. the system in the first place. 
I get the feeling that the way they present it makes me think that when it came out, you were supposed to be like, I mean, you know, like right. just kind of gloss over that. Cool, man. Whatever. Could it happen to anybody? You know, you, uh, different time. Yeah, I mean, if she said she was 18. It's a well, different at the time. time I mean, you think about time. it. like, Right. That's what I'm saying. Back then, those, then it was like, All oh. those people that made movies back then, they stood up and applauded Roman Polanski pretty quickly at his uh, uh, honoring at the Oscars, even though he's still not in the country for For that, for that. basically. Right. So, <laughs> you know, they'll pick and choose. And, and, and obviously... I mean, I don't know if it was going on back then. Probably, but Hollywood has a, yeah, you know, kind history. of a shitty yeah. history. Yeah, casting couch was huge shit. back then. So, like everybody talked about that. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess they pick and choose. It just doesn't age well, particularly no. to have that be the thing that got your. You know, nowadays it could be like, "Hey, man, I was." Stealing Bitcoin. He'd be like, hey, Bitcoin. Everybody does that, right? Dog a coin to the moon. And then he'd be like, yeah, this is our guy. I guess. I, I don't know. I own a piece of that, that Degas painting. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, we got our non-fungible tokens or whatever. <laughs> Are those over already? I haven't heard anybody talk about those in like know. I a don't month. Know. They were big a month ago. Digital currency is <laughs> stupid. I'm taking a hot take on that one, but mm. Ugh. <sighs> can we talk about the acting? No. Mm. Is there acting in this movie? No. Because I couldn't tell because everybody was so fucking good. I thought yeah. they were really crazy. That's what they say. It's like if if you're acting, then you're not doing it right. Yeah, I Brad guess they Pitt were playing or being would be the term. There's just so many subtle things that. I'm still catching stuff. I've seen this probably about 25 times. It's 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 a acting masterpiece for me. It's an inspiring movie. I'll watch a movie like this just to get in the mode or in the mood. Mood mode mode. Oh mood. lord. Not that kind of mood. Like if I'm going to be in a in a Where's play my or something. Cigarettes. Meow meow. <laughs> <laughs> and then you light someone on fire. Oh, jeez. So you know good. who's in this? Dan, did you recognize him? He's like a, a an extra crazy person or mentally. If you say disabled. Michael Berryman, I'm going to say, yes, I did notice yes. that. Yes. Yeah, he shows Michael up like Berryman. Go, These hills also have eyes. <laughs> yeah. George uh, doesn't know who that is yet. No. Nah, Might be I a don't. while. Yeah. He's a very famous like face. Yeah. When we watch like Weird Science or Hills Have Eyes or something, you'll see him and you'll be like, Oh my god, I've seen that guy everywhere. Where did he show up here? He, he was, was just one of the patients. He was drinking like, booze out of an IV. Like he looks like you saw Goonies, right? Yeah. Okay, he looks like a an an unexaggerated version of Sloth. <laughs> oh, he was he was the dude that was the first time you saw him, I think he was like chained to the wall or something. Remember when, I know Mc, when McMurphy was trying to get people to vote? Yes. And, and he, he goes up to him, he goes up to him mm-hmm. and he just like doesn't even try. And mm-hmm. he goes to the next person, that dude? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he looks he, a then, little bit like Jason Voorhees. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So in The Hills Have Eyes, he was the only cast member that didn't have to wear makeup. 
to to look like a uh, Appalachian, you know, mutant. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, distinct. I was really happy to see Vincent Schiavelli show up too. Now that's not a name you should probably know, but he's in Batman Returns as like a C grade henchman. Hmm. And he's here. He's the one who pokes the fish hook through the fish eye and kind of like. Hmm. That was good. Kind of an odd looking dude. Um, so takes, it's interesting. Takes the eye out and then puts it back. Him and DeVito Wait, teamed up second. years later. <laughs> Damn. What? <laughs> I, for a second there, I didn't know who he was talking about because of the reference of. You said Batman Returns, right? Yeah. 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 So he's like the ringleader of, of, of the Penguins guys. But like everybody knows him for. Um, Fast Times of Rich. When we do Fast Times of Richmond High, you'll you'll right. see him, and you'll be like, "Oh, that's the guy from." Uh, okay. Or and then he was he was in Ghost. I don't know if you saw Ghost, but he's like the no. he's like a featured ghost in that movie, and it's like when you see him in this movie, everybody always says, "Hey, it's the guy. That's the guy from Ghost." But the Batman Returns reference is funny because like, that's just Dan. That's just <laughs> <Right>. Dan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's Dan. Because he's the guy with the grinder monkey. Yep, uh, yep, yep. Yeah, that's funny. This good, this movie, good character actor. this cast is very much the freaks and geeks of 1975. Mm, yeah. If you ever watch that show, everybody on that show now is like a famous person who's doing all kinds of crazy things now, and at the time they were nobody, mm-hmm. and that's pretty cool. It's fun to go back to stuff like this, because it's bonkers to think that like Christopher Lloyd hasn't done Taxi with Danny DeVito yet when this movie comes out. Right. Yeah, this is like what ten years before that. Five, uh, oh, just a couple. Years? But it's just like, it, you know, it's just yeah. foundational to all that of our at their prime. comedy culture. It's bizarre, man. <laughs> and Brad Dorif, can we say again? <laughs> there is no seam with that man. Like when you see mm-hmm. him acting, it, he is just being in every role, even if the movie blows, right? Even if it's Color of Night. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's got its upsides, but it's not a great movie. Uh, Brad Dorif acts his ass <laughs> off anyway. Mm. He doesn't care, you know. Well, he's a, even as the voice of Chucky, he's uh, he throws it down. I mean, that's a pretty serious flick, though. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's the comedic. He's the he's the wisecracking. I don't killer. see any comedy in a, such a tragic tale, Travis. <laughs> Gosh. As a as a killer toy, hard edged horror that one, <laughs> straight out I, of the headlines. I'm not a fan of Child's Play, so you can really? rip on it all you want. I yeah, like the not. first one, all right. It's okay. Second one's got one really good kill. Yeah, but I just don't like the character. I get so angry when people do like artwork and it's the five icons, and then Chucky makes his way in there. I'm like, wait, what? Get off that poster, Chucky! Why is he in there? <laughs> his name is Gary. Oh, whatever. I met someone named Michael Myers this week. Did you, Bailey? I did. Is he it from wasn't Mike Myers, was it? No, he was from... Because Mike Myers is really doing nothing right now. He probably would be in New Jersey. No, he was a young kid. He was in the military. He's from <laughs> okay. down like South South Jersey. I forget the name of the place. Is he good at hand-to-hand combat? Uh, He traded in a base at Guitar Center. Did oh, go as so, Michael Myers or Mike Myers? I don't know. Both are. I just took a copy of his ID because he was because we're basically like pawn shop buying right. the space. 
from it. Yeah, fair. So when I was Did like, you give oh. him a little head nod? Like, I was like, I, your see name, you. I was like, oh, your name's Michael Myers. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, and you're like, I'm like, I was just like, I, I didn't want to say anything else because of like, he probably gets it all the time. And he's right. like, he's like, yeah. And I was like, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, I get it all the time. And I would have said, yeah. are you from Hadfield? <laughs> yeah, you just pointed it. Mean, no, I didn't. I didn't want to. Like, I was just like, uh, this is just weird. As I couldn't awkward. pass that up. Yeah, just point at the wall and be like, see anything you like? <laughs> Go get me a beer. Go get me a base. Should have asked him about the uh, Pasadena walls. He would have been like, what are you talking about? I should have. Like, are the walls that thin in Pasadena? I should have asked his opinion about that. Hey, vey. <laughs> Holy mackerel, dudes. Uh, so it's not your... It doesn't beat American Beauty, right? It doesn't beat Silence. Does it beat The Shining? No. No? No, it doesn't beat... It for sure doesn't beat American Beauty. Hmm. And I think I, I think I like The Shining better, especially especially with all of the different theories that go along with that movie. I like theories, so theories are good. Yeah. Um Yeah, this movie's pretty straightforward. <laughs> silence. Yeah. It's kinda like it's one of those movies that is you know, obviously like it's it it it, it unfolds like a play. Mm-hmm. You know, like in acts and just it's like you said, it's very straightforward. And you know, it it and that's not a that's not like I'm trying to take anything away from the movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. In fact, you know, when a movie jumps around all the time, it's kind of annoying. Like, this was... Well, I don't know. I know it was a book, and then I don't know if it was a play before it was a movie. Kind of like A Few, no, Go- few yeah. Good Men. Like, A Few Good Men, it, when you watch that, it plays like a play. Like, right. you're watching it, and you can almost see people moving sets around. Like, it's just, that's how it feels. So, I believe the movie was made from the play. A Few Good Men or this one? A Few Good Men. So, I'm wondering if this had, uh, I know it's a stage play. I don't know if it was a stage play before it was a movie. But, yeah, it definitely plays like a play. It's like, it reminds me of like, Like the probably a bad example, but like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Hmm. You know, like, it's, it's the same eight guys or whatever. Right. And they're all uh, phenomenal actors. Just put in situations. And yeah, and, mm-hmm. and put in like situations where, you know, and it's just like, it's like people watching, mm-hmm. but it's like really interesting people watching. And the acting is so good that you're like, it's really interesting right. people watching. And that's what, to me, that's what, when I think of a movie that is phenomenal acting, I always think, could these guys play these characters in another situation, like completely opposite of this, like, could you see these twelve guys or eight guys sitting playing poker, or could you watch them watch a baseball game, like not in an asylum? The characters are so fleshed out that it doesn't matter where you put them; it's going to be good. Yeah, they it's could like, like great they improv. Could, they could walk for two days to find a dead body, and yep. they would do great at it. Yeah, because you're you're invested in the person. Doesn't really matter where they're at. You could pick three of these guys up and put them in Jurassic Park. 
and that would probably be like the the coolest four or five minutes of their lives of, of our lives watching them in Jurassic Park. I mean, you could probably do a crossover between Jurassic Park and Cuckoo's Nest, and it just ends up the prologue to Halloween with all <laughs> instead of the dinosaurs getting out, it's just a bunch of crazy people walking around the yard. Right. Right. I mean, in a lot of ways, this is. It in no way is this actually related to Halloween, except that I think it visually informs that opening scene. I think mm. when they're doing the opening of Halloween, they're looking at this going, what if all those guys went out that window he broke, mm. and one of those guys is Michael Myers, and he gets on the car? Yeah. Well, that's kind of what, uh, like when I always bring up character development, I always mistakenly say that, and it's really character study that's what those guys in Halloween would have done as actors. They would have said, okay, what if we were all with McMurphy and we all got out? What was I doing before he broke that window? And then that's what, what kind of state, which, which inmate am I, which, which patient am I? Am I like the, the guy who just kind of sits in the chair? Am I the guy that's, you know, doing dance moves am I like <laughs> the dancing guy is cool am I the guy stirring the pot <laughs> it's just a shame that Carpenter didn't see this movie until well after he made Halloween that's true that's true he's probably he saw this yeah, after. completely uninspired <laughs> <laughs> and if he was he wouldn't tell you <laughs> don't ask me again <laughs> <laughs> where are my cigarettes all right, Dan, your time's up. Oh. <laughs> very nice to meet you, Bob. Yeah, very nice to meet you. I know I gave that other guy an hour, but you only Before get Before you minutes. ask me another question. <laughs> Goodbye. Next, you're going to ask me about the, you know, how I wrote the song. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I know your angle. You're out of here in eight minutes. How did the theme song to Cuckoo's Nest go? <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even hear it. Is was there, there a any score? bells? I don't know. <laughs> was Was there any chimes or bells? I don't remember. It's not a. It doesn't stick out to me at all. As this this movie doesn't even have music except for the, on the record. Like in mm. my head, it didn't. If it's there, it didn't stick a bit. That's always kind of weird. That actually might. That actually probably means it's good. Yeah, because it didn't uh, get in the way. What city did this take place in? Did they even establish that? Mm. I was picturing like San Francisco area. But it was a little cold. Yeah, I was but getting had... an East Coast vibe, but I don't know that it so ever actually I. said. Really? I was thinking maybe even like like Seattle area, because it kind of had like that dreary, you know, raining all the time feel. I was thinking was cold. Boston. Boston. That's what I was thinking, but like I don't think they ever say it. No. But like he's in the baseball. Right. So it could be a baseball town. Could be New York. But the the locations where they went fishing and stuff didn't have like that harbor feel. It kind of like you said, it had like a either Boston or even like up towards Maine, maybe maybe Connecticut or something. I don't know. Well, hopefully they were close to Canada, so the chief could make it there. Mm. Yeah, maybe they were. Maybe it was like upstate New York or something. Wasn't sure if they established that. It's a really strange movie because you. <laughs> You can legitimately say to somebody like, oh, hey, uh, tell me the plot of Cuckoo's Nest. And it's like, guy goes to jail, manipulates his way into a crazy house to make it easier on himself. 
gets screwed over by a power struggle with the administration, ends up lobotomized and mm. Mercy killed. Which is pretty much the story of everybody who has a job. <laughs> I mean, really. That's how I feel. I got I mean, tricked in I mean it's it's not a complex <laughs> plot, right? There's one good turn. It's not so much a twist as it is just a, a development when he right. realizes he's way less in control and needs to shape up his behavior, but it's too late. He's already burned all the bridges. Like mm. there's yeah, really just dick. There's not a lot of uh distance covered in this movie, right? But the performances are so strong and they just like indulge you with character development and fun interactions and stuff that you don't really need, you know, it's not hurting for more plot, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. See, it was the little things for me that were twists. Like like I said, McMurphy's character, actually a lot of the characters, they, they were unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like they did things out of nowhere. Sometimes they didn't do things that I thought they would do. Like, jump out the window in the middle of the night when it was open. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why? You know, and then when when Billy, you know, kills himself. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Mm. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know. McMurphy runs into the room, and I'm like, "What are you doing, dude?" Like, the guard was there. Mm-hmm. The guard told you to put the keys down. You're about to leave. You're about you're about mm-hmm. to be gone. And, and something's happening with Billy, and it's like, well, you know what? It's like Billy had a great night. Good luck to him. I'm, I'm out. out. Yeah. But he didn't do that. And and that's what I mean by like it was unpredictable. It was you know it, And all of them announcing that they're there voluntarily. Yep, that's that too. was a nice little twist. Yep. Hmm. And that little thing, them all, you know, basically the reveal that like everyone's just there because they think they need it. Mm. You know, it's voluntary for them. It's a little thing, but it's huge. And it's not even, it's not even delivered like extravagantly. It's just. It's matter of fact. But it does mean a whole hell of a lot Mm -hmm. to McMurphy. Because in the end, he's the only one who's really there. Aside from a few people that are really, really need to be there. Kind of yeah. begs the question, does he actually need to be there? <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though he thinks he doesn't no. need to be there. But, I mean, does he need to be there more than no, he knows? No, he needs to, no. He needs to be in jail. Like, I think <laughs> when you said he didn't run when Billy, like, he, in a weird way, I guess because of his narcissism or, you know, he developed a relationship to where he almost thought they couldn't do anything without him. So he didn't want to leave it, but he wanted to leave it, but then he couldn't leave it because they needed him, but they really didn't need him. But in his mind, they needed him. It's, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's like, he is sick. It's like a toxic family for him. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas he is, yeah, necessary to all success. Like it's, it's almost like he. He could have left without getting in the fight with the orderly. But then what's fun in that? He wants to get in that scrap because he probably wants to hit him. So it's like almost like a selfishness. He he could have left, but he wanted to scrap with the, 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 the orderly. But then he could have left, but he wanted to be a part of whatever happened to Billy. Like It's almost like he doesn't want to... I don't want to say he doesn't want to miss anything, but he always feels like he's needed. It, 
You know what I was thinking uh, while watching this movie because of all these weird things, these these uh, character um, surprises. I I'm, they're not really surprises. They're just reveals. Like, yeah. So what I was thinking was like, is he actually crazy and like the window's not open? Is he like mm-hmm. actually crazy and he's not as high and mighty as he as he acts? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Did all this really happen, or is yeah. he really sitting there drooling? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking. But no, it didn't end like that. But I was thinking that I'm is like, he is on this, Mars? Are they gonna re- <laughs> are they gonna reveal this like at the end that he's just completely freaking nuts and none of this is happening? Well, you could Jacob's ladder it, you know, and say yeah. that after the initial electroshock, that inside of his mind he thinks that he can fake his way back to normalcy. Hmm. But in reality, he's just been obliterated through that. Uh, if that were the case, you wouldn't. I mean, it would be hard That's to support cheat. that. But you know, YouTube. I'm sure there's a video out there that says that yeah. in fact the light switches are upside down every time he's post electrical shock therapy or something. But. Stop. That was an interesting take. So, so was this one? <laughs> I, dude, honestly, honestly, that take. Going back to The Shining. Yeah. The what's her call it? What's what's her name? Shelley Duvall. The sh- oh, oh, uh, Wendy. The the Wendy theory. Yeah, I think it's true, man. It's possible. I'm not saying it's true. It's I'm just, not even saying it's that it's possible. Enough. I'm saying it's fucking true. It's Nostradamus bro. type shit. Yes. <laughs> it's like when you read a quatrain, you're like, he's talking about, he's talking about Hitler. No, he's not. You just suggested that. Yeah, but he he could be. It's there if you want to read it that way. Well, I, I mean, just know, I, and I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that says like Kubrick can't make mistakes because right. he's Kubrick. I'm not one of those guys, but like it was purposeful. They make a really good case mm-hmm. for that. I'm telling you, I really think Wendy's the crazy one in that movie now. I it, really do. You know what? That's how me? I watch it now. You know how it convinced me? The scene when they talk about she came in there and he's like, whether you're, I'm in here and I'm typing, whether I'm typing or I'm not typing, I'm in here, mm-hmm. I'm working. Right. That scene where they say he pulls the paper out of the typewriter, he never puts another piece in. They have their exchange. She doesn't say a word to him. He flips out on her. She leaves the room and then the paper's still in the typewriter. Yep. And he's staring off into nothing. None of that happened. That's what I, that's that why I was like, you know what? Happen. That looks purposely done. Not mm-hmm. to mention the furniture's leaving and staying and leaving. Yes. And staying. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm loving that. Whether the, the any of that switches, happens in this The movie? light switch is not being there, and then the light switch is being there, and the, uh, you know, the furniture being moved, obviously, and just the, the, the camera shots from the back. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things, they, they coincide with, like... Dan's doing that uh, Robert Downey Jr. eye roll meme. <laughs> I've got a real Dan. case of the 12 monkeys over here, guys. Dan, did you watch that full Wendy Theory video? I haven't yet, no. I have, All right. You I have watch. enough you... going on that I, I can't I can't. Think, uh, think about it. It's do a documentary made by Argento. Watch it. <laughs> it's Argento talking about Kubrick and his brilliance. And watch uh, it. I mean, it's just like Joni Mitchell <laughs> was like tapped into the future, man. She was like, oh, I'm going to talk about you know, leave me the birds and the bees, man, because she knew we were going to kill all the bees with the DDT, man. What's that? I Make this into to... a t-shirt. The Wendy theory is true. Yeah. The Wendy Hashtag theory Wendy blows. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of Argento, though, this movie is almost a giallo at one point. Did you catch that? No. 
There's mm. a the scene where they're all hanging out and getting ready to party in the nurses station. The one lady uh friend of um uh, not Mc you got me saying McCready. <laughs> McCready. Jack Nicholson's girlfriend is carrying a big yeah. old bottle of J and B. Candy? Yes. And I mean she that's is. That's, that's it. The, that's Every the Jalo scotch. drink. And so I took a picture of a freeze frame of that today. I sent it to your text so you can see it. And the way I framed it, you guys won't get this reference, but it looks straight out of uh, Strip Nude for Your Killer, which we've mentioned on this show before. So I sent it to Aaron. And I was like, dude, I'm watching a Jalo today. He still has no idea what movie <laughs> we're watching because he thought it was Strip Nude. He's a super fan, bro. He's a super fan. You, can call him, you can't call him a fan. He's on bro, our that's, Patreon that's, that we yeah. don't have. <laughs> <laughs> that's selling him short just calling him a fan he's a super mm. fan uber fan but yeah uh, it's a fun freeze frame because her haircut and her outfit look like she could be in an Italian giallo in 1975 it's perfect you know what vibe I kept getting watching this this is a serious version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off <laughs> oh god <laughs> get I that mean, YouTube video ready it's a it's like tragic. McMurphy is Ferris. He kind of is. And if Ferris Bueller was a rapist, and, and all the in, all the patients are Cameron. <laughs> well, in that yeah. in that case, if if and Jack Rooney? Nicholson even exists, maybe this is all in Chief's head. Maybe right. this is just the narrative that gets Chief. I'm gonna have to check out the light switches, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah, it could be all in in Chief's head. But I mean, even even uh, Nurse Ratchet is Principal Rooney. You know what was uh what I liked when I liked when uh McMurphy was talking to the like the doctor, like the guy who mm -hmm. runs the place, the fisherman. Yes, the guy who had the fishing. Yes. Yeah. about Nurse Ratchet, and he was like trying to get out of him, like what his problem was with her, and he did not go into specifics, mm -hmm. like because he you, you know that like if you go into specifics, you just you lose. Yeah, and he j and but what he said was, she's the kind of person that likes a rigged game, mm -hmm. and, and I agreed <laughs> <laughs> because they all know her. I'm sure. Yeah, and I was like, yo, that was just perfect, she's and that makes me think he's not fucking crazy. Mm. He's not. She's probably tenured, and they can't get rid of her. <sighs> no, I think they like her because she keeps she keeps these guys in line. Yeah, she uh, manipulates them into being in line, yeah, but she's good at it. She's yeah, not good at her job though, because this this those people are not. They could have been so much happier with with somebody. Sure, who the they were doing. sure, but when when you're trying to run a mental institution, like someone that can keep people from freaking out every day, hmm. keep them in line any way, like whatever way possible, if they're doing it, they're doing a good job. Word. In the management's mind. I mean, that's kind of the interesting way to look at it on like a second viewing is the evil nurse Ratchet really isn't evil so much as she has her way that she maintains control and it butts up against what Jack Nicholson is trying to do mm -hmm. with his own kind of bombastic personality. Him thinking he is free of consequences, not realizing, you know, the turn coming on him. And it's really only her, like, final attacks on Billy and then on Nicholson that make her into the true evil. You kind of, you assume the whole time that she's the bad guy, but you could read three quarters of this movie as she's not actually evil. She just knows that the only way that she can keep order with these guys is her method. 
and right. Nicholson's and messing it up. And Nicholson's the bad guy at that point because yeah, he is... He's bringing the chaos. He's bringing chaos. But yeah. then she gets all petty and evil at the end. And I like this movie very much. It is the kind of tragedy that I like. Yes. I assume that. Because there was... There, I mean, it obviously, Nicholson was a tragedy. Billy was a tragedy. Um, Chief was a, a glimmer of hope. Mm-hmm. Ironically, because he's the guy who, like, he does the mercy killing. So you're like, they, they just, they, they tow that line of, am I supposed to feel good about this? Am I not? Like, I feel good, but I'm still icky about it. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to feel good about it. But you're supposed to feel like no, you feel you, you feel, feel good like for you feel chief. relieved, right? Is what you feel right. for both of them. Even though, yeah, you feel relieved for both of them, and and it's almost like the mercy killing at that point is not, um, it's it's like not even you can't even call it murder. I mean, I know like right, in, the, in the eyes, in the right. eyes of the law, it's, it's murder right. because that's what he intended but to do when he did basically. it. No, I'm not even saying because not even, not even the, the condition of the person that he killed, like the law would say, what did you intend to do by covering his face with the pillow? If you intended to end this guy's life, then that's called murder. Right. Right. So he's guilty right, mm-hmm. of that, but you can't really call it that. Or it toes that line where you're like, well, this wasn't malicious. Right, it was right? done out of love, I guess. It was, Respect. It was mercy, yeah. like, obviously. So, like, you're not supposed to feel good about that, but you're supposed to feel like this guy, Chief, is a strong character. He, he does what he has to do, even if it's difficult, especially because it's difficult. Mm. You have this, like, respect for him and this... You know, just you kind of just say, "Okay, right. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Maybe I wouldn't have done that. Maybe I'd have done something different. Maybe I'd have just stayed." It just shows that McMurphy made a connection with almost everybody in that hospital, even the person that it was impossible to make a connection right. with. So yeah, it's pretty solid. If he actually exists and isn't just a figment right. of Chief's imagination. I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> you know what would be cool in today's world of like streaming and stuff? I would love to see a TV show, a miniseries or you know, maybe two seasons or whatever, where they tell the story from the viewpoint of every character. That would be, I would, I would subscribe to that. But it would have to have been done 30 years ago because I, I want to see these guys play these characters. Yeah, I was going to say they'd ruin it now. Although, you know, you could get somebody like a Gary Oldman to play the the Christopher Lloyd part. You could get people like Willem Dafoe to play these parts. Mm, yeah, Willem Dafoe would be good. Where they could watch this movie or read the source material and really develop a really amazing character based on the events of this movie slash story, but done in a new way. They're all good enough actors they could do that. You can get even like a Steve Carell. Steve Carell would yeah. kill in this movie. Yeah. Because if you saw uh, Little Miss Sunshine, he's a character in this movie, in that movie. So he he's one of those guys. Even Jim Carrey. 
Like the these comedians are so tragic in their mind that they can really play these kind of characters. That's why I think Christopher Lloyd and Danny DeVito do such a good job is because they're they're comedic actors, so they know how to really They're already a bit crazy. They're a little bit life. crazy already. <laughs> yeah, even like a Bill Burr. I could see Bill Burr playing one of these characters. Bill Burr is one how of these characters already. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know how his acting is. I know he's in it's like Mandalorian, bad. but in this kind of setting, it, it, he could play Bill Burr pretty easily. I was a little yeah. hesitant at first for your your different point of view uh, miniseries until I realized you could call it Rashomania. <laughs> and now or I'm ratchet, on board. Ratchetmania? It's, it's Rashomania. Rashomania. Well, they have a, rat, a Nurse Ratchet show. It's, it's on, I oh, think. Oh, do they? It's on Netflix, I think. It's I'm called just Ratchet. going for the Rashomon reference. Yeah. It's I'm called really Ratchet. reaching. I mean, it's not working. But <laughs> a few of our audience are laughing at right. what I said, not at me. The rest have all turned it off. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Rashomania. <laughs> hey, but I do, I, before we move on to anything else, I just have to take a moment. We have to acknowledge both of your personal growth. You don't even realize you did it, guys. You did it. We did the thing. You what made it through do? an entire episode on a 1970s movie, and you didn't criticize the Three M Blood. Oh, I saw. I saw it, but I didn't say anything. Give yourselves a hand, guys. Yeah, uh, it was, was pretty red. Was there bad blood? <laughs> yeah, oh my Billy's god! Death scene is looks like Christmas time. It looked like somebody spilled model paint on yeah. his neck. Yeah, somebody like uh, melted some Kool Aid around him. But it's fine because it's the seventies, and that's all they had. Hmm. It looked good in the bottle. I do remember. I do remember seeing it when it happened. It recently. didn't photograph well. It did not photograph well. <laughs> we gotta get Tom Savini on the line. Tom, I hope you're feeling. Can better. we clip that? <laughs> Just like drop it in, Tom Savini. It did not fo- photograph. Yeah, well. that's like our sound bite. It's in it the Dawn of the Dead <laughs> episode. No, just like isolate that one line where he's like, "Yeah, it didn't photograph well." Just, it didn't. It didn't photograph well. well. I, I have to agree with you. And just and just <laughs> apply it. And just apply it to uh, like anything that we don't visually like. Not just blood. Just yeah. Just anything, anything that didn't. Even photograph like well. an actress that just doesn't look good. She just yeah. didn't photograph well. Or just like Steve Buscemi. <laughs> just he just didn't. Photograph oh my god! Well. No. It would go well with my extended Ray, Ray Liotta. Yeah, he just didn't photograph. My well. extended European cut of. Uh, the basic instinct episode where I actually broke the button that deploys the that's what she said. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I had to take him out because it was literally like we were accidentally and on purpose making puns the entire time. And it was just like a constant that's what she said. That's what she said. That's, uh, like, it's I, like the hello. Like it just kept coming out. The <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire was like out of nowhere, left field. All of a sudden you hear hello. <laughs> so good. Dan was just hitting that button. Yeah, that's what she said. Boom. So good. I still do that in real life. When I'm walking, if, if if it calls for it, someone gets a doubtfire. Nice. <laughs> I do it at least once a week at work. So we got to figure out what we're doing next. Well, you know what I want to do, but I know we're not going to. But I'm going to type it out anyway and send it to you. That's well, the what ones I, I sent you were the ones I was thinking. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I know. so does really. It's perfect. It's perfect. But I can't believe that would come before so many other movies. I know, but it's perfect for what we've talked about. Uh, what about, because, okay, so uh, Insider Baseball, 
for the rest of season two, I think we have 10 total episodes. And at least four of those are spoken for. So I think we've right. got six to play with. So before we get too far toward the end, it might be time to talk about... Okay. You want to go that way? Because I don't want to do that right against the end because it'll be like... Right. Redundant. But I think we've, we, we're separate enough now that we could get away with that one. The question would be, would it be a double feature, though, like we did with uh, Godfather? I'm not opposed. Okay. Yeah. Talk <laughs> about a yeah. That's a. I think that it, we did it on the night. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about doing it on the night. Because yeah, I think that thing you just proposed that I hope George didn't pick up on. I think that's such an interesting kind of counter to what we just did. You know, like a mm. flip side of the coin kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Because it deals. It deals with uh, so much yeah, cases. So much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> George, just watch the process happen. <laughs> Trust the process, George. Yeah. Trust it. Trust it. I was right about this movie, though. How so? What's that? Because you said, what do you know about it? And I was like, I think it's Jack Nicholson. I think he plays a crazy person. Mm. Well, I mean, that's... I mean, eventually, assume. but he's not that yeah. crazy. We're going to do as good as it gets next, so. <laughs> but what I didn't know Just about this Jordan. movie. He is insane in that movie. <laughs> but what I didn't know about this movie was everything else. Right. Like, I didn't know that this is where Nurse Ratchet came from. Everything that makes this movie good, you didn't know about. I didn't know that it was a mental institution. Right. He, I, I was like, I don't know. I think he's crazy. He's like, you know, like. In prison. Crazy like, uh, like Fiddler on the Roof crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could have been, could have been anywhere. Word. The only thing I knew was Jack Nicholson crazy. Yeah, the, there's so many like ratchet. And he wasn't even crazy. I was wrong. He wasn't no, even crazy. He's not crazy. He kind of went crazy, like being yeah. in the system. Kind of. Yeah. Made him nuts. So anyway, where are we going next? Hmm. We're gonna do Tangled. Oh, it's such a good movie. That's like my favorite Pixar <laughs> we should, movie. Me too. We should probably do a Disney season. Going to Pete's Dragon. Ooh. Remake's pretty good. Oh, um, man, no. You don't need a remake. That the remake of Pete's Dragon is not bad. I haven't seen it because I don't need it because I have the old one. No, the old one is classic. I mean, you can't beat it. But the remake's not bad. Not necessary, but not bad. All right. So we are going to finally do something for you, George, that... You might not thought you needed, but or wanted, but you do need. Okay. We are going to take a trip down Elm Street. For real? For reals. We will be watching Sweet. the 1984 West Craven Nightmare on Elm Street. Love it. Now, I know you probably have preconceived notion. You know stuff about it. I so. know the character, yeah. Right. So what do you think uh, happens? Like what? What could we use as as of a laugh track of what you might be wrong about? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I mean, I think I have a pretty good idea of this character's mo. Okay, mm-hmm. go on. Put it that way. Um, Put it on record. <laughs> 
Like, what do you know about him? Black leather jacket, big machine gun. Go on. <laughs> Does he have pins? Um, no. This is this is Freddy Krueger, right? Is it? Yes, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's Freddy Krueger. Right? Is he in the first one, or is it Mrs. Freddy Krueger? Is it Mrs. Freddy Krueger? <laughs> yeah, that I don't know. Yeah, you know it. It's yeah, his you're right. Nancy. It's Nancy Krueger. Nancy Krueger. Um. <laughs> I know that he is. Uh, it ha- there, there's uh, some part of the plot is like he's in people's dreams, right? Okay. He's in people's nightmares, and somehow. Oh, you did see Freddy night- versus Jason in their so. nightmares. He kills them, right? Okay. That's that's his like mo. I also think I know that he's like his background is he's just a. Uh, a sexual predator or like a child molester or something like that. Like that's his thing. Okay. I'm not sure if they, if they develop that like right away or if that's something that's, that's like a, a I'm not going to confirm or deny what you're saying. Okay. So don't give yeah. me that stare. I'm, I'm looking at Charlie like, right. <laughs> am like, I, am like, I on track? Yes or no. Now? I'm just okay. going, oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, this might be either the red leather or the black leather version. I'm not really sure. This is like, it's going to be the Freddy green, delirious or Freddie raw. <laughs> It's going to be the green and red sweater version, okay. I think. Nice. That's what I think. No, he doesn't get that till he takes it off Shelly in the third one. Right. Oh, well, fuck me. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited. excited. This will be fun. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to have seen this by now. Yeah. So. We're a little I'm surprised. Late. I'm surprised I hadn't We're seen it yet. On it. Yeah. We, well, we wanted to get you all the references for Scream, and there's really not many Freddy references in Scream, so we were just like, all right, we'll wait. Except for the janitor. Yeah, but, I mean, you had seen Freddy vs. Jason, so yeah. you would have at least known the stripes. Maybe not known that that was Wes Craven. I mean, I've, but... I went... You know, I went trick-or-treating before, so... Yeah, I mean, you've Freddy seen... Kruger. You're a child of the 80s. Like yeah, late '80s, yeah. early '90s. So, yeah, you're gonna see a lot of Freddy stuff for whatever reason. But we'll talk about but, that next week. <laughs> but I absolutely have never seen the movies because, right. you know, as we all know, I was sheltered. You were sheltered. You ain't seen shit. I ain't seen shit. You ain't seen shit. We ain't found shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. You can find us at Twitter and Instagram at remedialfilmpod. You can email us at remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on all your favorite RSS podcatchers, you know, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, any computer with a web browser, we're there. And we're on YouTube, so if you want to see more than you get on the RSS ones, by golly, head over to YouTube, and we usually throw some special features up there as well. So keep an eye on both your podcast feed and your YouTube subscription. Feel encouraged to subscribe and like our videos on YouTube, because that's just like what everybody has to ask for anymore, because for some reason... Even though we all ask for it, nobody ever does it unless we ask you. So this is me asking you, like, and subscribe, and share, and, uh, you know, you get the idea.
We'll be back next week with the original Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) 